Hello, and thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast from Prism Insurance Agency. As you know, we put in a ton of time and effort to make each of our shows as valuable as we can. If you find the information useful, please share this podcast with a friend by emailing it to them or sharing this on the social media site of your choice. The naysayers said it couldn't be done. Build a 2,300-square-foot house in under three hours. But with the right team and proper planning, the impossible became is possible. So what about your goals? Do you have goals? And if so, are you on pace? Well, joining us today is professional motivational speaker and author, Jose Feliciano. Welcome, Jose. How are you? Fantastic. I'm so looking forward to our interview today. For the listeners, I've known Jose for a long time. He's probably one of the most inspirational people that I've met. And as a matter of fact, you wrote the book, Passion for Possibility. Why don't we just get right into it? What was your motivation for writing that book? Actually, both my parents are deaf. Watching them go through life experiences and challenges that they had and how they overcame those challenges makes my challenges very small compared to that. I always start off when I do speak to groups and so forth. The one thing that taught me all my life was the place of my biggest challenge is always the source of my greatest strength. So I've always wanted to be able to tell that story and tell their story and be their voice. I think that it's something that we all need to relate to. It makes us look at things a different way. I think it's appropriate then to just tell us a little bit about your life story and how did you get where you are today? Originally from New York City and when I was 14 years old, my father is actually from Puerto Rico and my mother's from New York City and they met a of course, at a deaf bowling tournament. Of course, they had me, and you could just imagine two deaf people living in 47th Street between 9th and 10th Avenue with a brand new baby boy. Talk about overcoming life obstacles. And when I turned 14, 15, we sold everything we had. We loaded up on Trailways bus. I thought we were moving to Jacksonville, Florida, but we were actually moving to Jacksonville, Texas. Here I was, picturing beaches, and 14-year-old thought I was the luckiest guy in the whole world. There was no beaches to be found in Jacksonville, Texas. We moved from a city of 7 million people to a little old East Texas town, a population of 7,000 people. From the home of the Madison Square Garden to my new home right across the street from the Tomato Bowl, it was an experience. And then, of course, from there, if you know anything about Texas, football's king. Of course, my dream was to go to the University of Texas. At that point, I found myself having to be a guardian of a little brother and little sister. I had a choice to make, either them go to foster care or become the guardian. So I went to a local community college here in Tyler, Texas, then became the president of the fraternity. And there was a big moment in my life that really, my father used to always tell me, stop worrying about what everybody else thinks, just be who you are. And I didn't really get that till I was 18 years old. And when I had won the president of the fraternity, which I thought there was no way I could win that, that's when it really hit me what he'd been saying. One thing about all of us in society is I can always see my father always saying, just be. And I took that everywhere I went. Be became, be do have. Be the person you want to be. Do the things you need to do, and you'll have the things you want to have. But B was always on the top of my list. It kept my priorities straight, kept me centered. If you can't be with it, you can't even begin to take the journey. Life is full of challenges, which often turns out to be gifts anyway. But if you'd have said Jose Feliciano from New York City with deaf parents and a beat-up Chevy Impala would have thought about success, I'd have told you no way, Jose. But just B that evolved into B do have allowed me to focus on the dream and, and leave those doubts behind me. Because one thing I learned a long time ago is doubt is actually the enemy, not fear. Doubt's the father of all negative emotions and thief that steals our dreams and makes us all play it safe. And we think that with the destination in mind and we know where we're going, that people might find us self-centered or cocky, but doubt just kind of pulls out the worst in all of us, kills the magnificent, and doubt actually says it can't be done, it's impossible. So I've learned how to take doubt on as an advisor. That'll tell you where your potential pitfalls are, where you need to spend a little bit more energy, which in turn just allows you to focus. 
I went through that whole process. It's very, very important to me to share the story because we all have our issues and challenges. And sometimes they seem real big, but compared to what? And it's just important to me to always keep sharing that story. And when I built Feliciana Financial Group, do came along to play alongside B because we always had to do our homework, work in and on our business every day, always being, doing with the end in mind. One thing to share is if you look at your true, true potential and look what you're doing every day and actually achieving it, it's amazing what we can really do that we just choose not to. That's awesome, Jose. And I'm always inspired when I hear your story. Today, you hear all this negativity and people like to make excuses for everything. It seems like excusitis is running rampant in this country and everybody's looking to blame somebody else and try to justify their circumstances rather than just grab the bull by the horns and make the best of things. One thing I got to ask you, because I think this will also put in perspective the power of having the passion and the vision. You wrote another book called The Two-Hour House. And I think when people think of planning, what does that entail? And maybe share a little bit of that story and that inspiration that when you set your mind to things and you collaborate with team, a lot of things can be accomplished. One thing for sure, when you just mentioned about how we look at things today, I think we're in the biggest opportunity of a lifetime. For our industry and a lot of industries, sometimes we don't realize we get in a rut and we're actually doing the same thing over and over again. And once you have a big shakeup like this, there's a lot of people that are finding themselves back to a corner. And, you know, one thing about all of us as Americans, we come out swinging and the best version of ourselves comes out. So you never really get challenged until stuff like this happens. And speaking of the two-hour house, let me kind of share that real quick. I had a client of mine that bills about maybe 200 houses a year or did. Of course, still the housing market kind of came down. But he was a president of the Home Builders Association, and he was looking for a way to increase the association's membership for the following year. And sometimes a simple idea has the ability to make a real difference. What he ended up doing is he ended up getting industry volunteers to build a 2,300-square-foot house from start to finish in two hours and 52 minutes. And he had seen a news story about a house that was being built in California about three hours, 44 minutes. And the more he looked at it, he realized he could do it better and faster. In fact, he realized that with the right team that he can achieve that goal. Out of the house analogy, how I came across it, I was at the Texas Motor Speedway and I was walking. We have about 20 motorhomes and we all like to have a good time, but in the infield at the Texas Motor Speedway. And he was showing the video of the event. And I looked at that video, I sat down, I said, I had him play it three or four times. And I said, Brian, we can write the greatest leadership book of all times. He said, what do you mean? I said, you have no idea what you just accomplished in this feat. A, it shows that the human spirit is alive and we just don't make the game big enough. And that was 579 volunteers volunteering themselves for a year and a half to put this event together, all competitors working together to do something bigger than themselves. So when I saw that video, I said, you know, every business principle that I've learned in my lifetime all applies to that story. In other words, that story brings everything to life because you can't, as we were going through this, I said, you know, look at it. You got collaboration, you got teamwork, you got efficiency, organization, time management, inspiration, leadership, motivation, clear vision. Everybody knew what had to be done. And then it really dawned on me that without any of those principles, the number one thing you got to have is communication. Because you can't have collaboration without communication. You can't have motivation without communication. You can't have inspiration without communication, teamwork. So the underlying theme of the whole thing was communication. And communication ain't some, ain't is not what we say. In that story, it shows that the colors of the teams that were involved in that video is a form of communication. The cement trucks were so loud 
at the flags where you say go, that was a form of communication. So we teach from that story, and now that the Texas Department of Transportation uses its cement mix to dry its roads now, the, the innovation from this event, what impact it has. So you asked the question, how do I refer to planning? You know, if you think about building a house, when your visions are clear, your decisions are easy. So when you know the house you want, then you look at where you're at today and you build a step-by-step strategy to achieve the goals from where you're at to where you want to be. So the house analogy working backwards like that event is no different than building your community, your personal life, and your business life. And I think the house is a great example of how we should not assume that what we want in our house is the same thing everybody else wants in their house because everybody is from a different paradigm. There is a golden rule they always said, do unto others you want done to you. I think that's wrong. I call it the platinum rule, do unto others as they want done to them because everybody's from a different paradigm. It's not the way we look at things. We can't assume that everybody wants their house to be like our house. Even if you had the same house down the street, it was the same exact house. The inside of the house would be totally different, customized to each individual. So everybody is different. And I love the house analogy. That's twohourhouse.com. It ended up being Amazon number one bestseller, Leadership from the Ground Up. And we will be coming out with other books like Collaboration from the Ground Up, Communication from the Ground Up, Efficiency from the Ground Up. But we can teach vignette stories, how people apply to it. And the funny thing about all that is the Fortune 500 companies, you had Verizon, Purchase 21, the DVDs, you, TXU, Harley-Davidson, Caterpillar, all the Fortune 500 companies purchasing. We just had a couple orders from Australia. The reason why they use this tool to show a house as an example to shift the mindset because we don't realize that we're domesticated, we're conditioned, and how we think, and they use that to shift the mindset to say, hey, what is possible? That's just amazing, and quite honestly, sometimes people make a big deal out of a program that shows how a house is built in a week. This is less than three hours, the two-hour house. What an amazing story. Jose, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, let's transition from what inspired you to take that project to the next level in your new book, Passion for Possibility. Please stay tuned. This copyrighted program and its contents is given with the understanding that neither the hosts, guests, nor station render legal, medical, accounting, tax, or other professional advice. The information and opinions expressed here are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendation for any individual situation or security. For specific assistance, you should seek the services of a competent professional. To learn about a specific investment option, ask your real wealth advisor for a prospectus. Please read the prospectus carefully about the fees, expenses, and risks before investing. Real wealth advisors offer security and investment advisory services through Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC, and registered investment advisor, P.O. Box 64284, St. Paul, Minnesota, 55164. Real Wealth Advisors and Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated are not affiliated entities. This is Real Wealth Weekly on the Real Wealth Advisor Network. The purpose of this message is to stop your heart for just a few seconds. If you weren't here, what would happen to your family? Would there be enough money for them to have the kind of life you want them to? People with life insurance know the answer. Life insurance isn't for the people who die. It's for the people who live. A reminder from the Life and Health Insurance Foundation for Education, a nonprofit organization. Welcome back as we continue a conversation today with Jose Feliciano, who is the president of Feliciano Financial Group, author and speaker, just talking about your new project, which is Passion for Possibility. 
just kind of guide us on what transitioned you from the two-hour house to now your message of passion for possibility, moving beyond believing into knowing. The house analogy, you know, the reason why we recognized it is we were doing that and we had that philosophy in our practice. But one thing I like to show about the house is I just want to get people to realize that you can't do great things by yourself. And somehow way back when we were kids, you know, teachers or whoever saying you should know this, you should know that. And to realize that that event could never have happened if you don't leverage people's strengths. I read a Harvard Business School study about individual strengths and weaknesses and how those variables affect productivity. So we went to every employee in our firm and asked them what things they loved to do at work and what was a burden. After reviewing the results, what we found is that task, that was one person's weakness, something that they really don't enjoy doing on a daily basis, a weekly basis, was another person's strength and their passion. So by simply just rewriting a bunch of job descriptions to what everybody loved to do, the results were almost immediate, and we had a 41% increase in productivity. In business, we have a tendency to focus on people's weaknesses and try to improve on people's weaknesses instead of running with the strengths. And what I realized from that was I was actually taking people's weaknesses and making them strengths, and then we were creating a culture of play because it's truly amazing when you get people doing what they love to do every day. People just become being the best version of themselves, and you will not believe how much creativity comes out of that. Now, just the philosophy of working together, that it's okay to ask questions. I think if you stop asking questions, you stop growing. Something happened to us as a kid or in school or whatever that maybe some teacher said, look, don't ask a dumb question. So it makes people stop asking questions. But somewhere we stopped asking questions, and that hurts us because we stopped learning. Absolutely. And we had another guest on a while back, and he talked about attitude of gratitude in the workplace and how that really helps. And it looks like you've incorporated a lot of that in your firm. And it's amazing that the firms that seem to grow and thrive have adopted this working together as a team, and the team has bought into it instead of just an us and them, the worker and the owner or whatever. It's collaborating together as a team for a common goal. And let's talk about goals. In our profession, we're dealing with people's goals all the time. And in your estimation, what is it that most people want out of life? We've gone through, they call the 80s the decade of greed, and it's all about money and profession and career. But I think we're seeing a real shift in that paradigm of what people really want out of life. What's your perception of that? Well, it's funny you brought that up. I mean, I always like to ask, you know, what's important about money to you? And money is just a tool, and it's a tool to achieve the things that are really important to you. And what I have found in my experience is that words are symbols. So if somebody says, hey, I want to have a sense of security, well, if just the word security itself, if I ask 10 different people what that security means to them, it's 10 different definitions. So you have to really drill deeper about what they really mean. And I think our job is like Pegaso. Our job is to paint the picture have a process within a process to pull out what's inside all of our relationships and put it on paper what they really want. It's more inspiring and motivating to be crystal clear and on paper exactly when your visions are clear, your decisions are easy. And I just look at our job as to bridge the gap from where people are to where they want to be for the reasons that are important to them in all areas of planning, estate planning, tax planning, insurance planning, investment planning, retirement planning, cash flow budgeting, business planning. I look at it like one big puzzle, and our job is to put the pieces together. But there's no way we can do it if we're not crystal clear, and they're not crystal clear exactly where they want to go. Back to your question about goals, it's really the values behind it. And once we find out the why, once you've got your big why, where you want to be and the reasons that are important to you, it's really motivating. Then you line out the goals. And once you line out the goals, there's four steps to a goal. One is the name of the goal. How much money does it take to attain a goal? 
What's the timeline for the goal? And what are you thinking and feeling when you accomplish the goal? Because if you can't put a couple of words to describe accomplishing that goal, then you don't have the feeling behind it. And I think that's the motivator. So, and our job is just to benchmark and just show people how they can realistically attain that. And if they can't, our job is to tell them it's unattainable unless they change a couple of things. So that's the fun, inspiring part that I love about the business is the ministering part of kind of playing a facilitator's role. And you build lifelong relationships. You watch everybody achieve the things that are really important to them or have them really call time out and really think about it because sometimes we get so busy in life between stuff and things that we don't really sit down and really think through what we really want. And not only that, if we're not here, what do we want to pass on to the next generation? Things that are important. I mean, not only that our next generation is inheriting money, but they need to be tied into some of the values that the values is the most precious thing that you can pass from one generation to the next. And I think the missing link is of how the money was made is so important to pass on just then the money itself. Jose, as you were talking, I keep thinking of another word, which is priority. A lot of people have, they call them goals. But they're just wishful thinking. They don't really do anything to actually achieve them. They just say, well, I'd like to have a nice vacation home, or I'd like to be able to go to a warmer climate during the winters. I'd like to travel. But then when it comes to doing things about it, they just don't do it. And in our profession, it's so critical that people look at, identify these goals, and then identify the way to get there. And sometimes it just means having your priorities straight. And a lot of times I catch myself telling people, yeah, you want this, okay, that's great, but you're not willing to do anything to get it because getting that latte every morning at four and a half bucks a pop, that's more of a priority because that's what they're spending their money on for right now instead of achieving their goals. So we see that all the time, and I think you're seeing that too. The thing is there's three steps to the hierarchy of needs. The way I look at it is when you talk about travel and security and vacation, whatever the case may be, is you know you got your wants and needs on your first level. And then just imagine for a minute, we had all the money in the world, all the money in the world. What would we want to do? And what I have found on the second level is people like to help others and serve others, whether it's your family, whether it's your community, your church. People want to make an impact on other people. And then the deeper meaning behind that is what's important about impacting other people to you personally. And when you get to the third level, that's where you get to the purpose in life, nirvana. It's what I'm led to do. It's me serving the Lord, whatever the case may be. But once you got your why and you understand that you really want to serve others, then sometimes getting the stuff and things is not really the important thing. To me, is getting people to start living their life on purpose now. Start serving others now. It doesn't take money to do that. You can be involved with church or giving or Little League or Boys and Girls Clubs, and you start living that life now. And I believe that when you start living your life now, not if I had this, I could be this, I'm back to the be, do, have, a passion for possibilities. Be the person you want to be. Do the things you need to do. You'll have an abundance. And so just realizing what you really want to be and have that impact and serve others will have you living your life on purpose. And I think that's what it's all about. And I think it's our job to have a process within the process to bring all that out. And when they do line out goals, they're saying it because we're conditioned, but we're just not really thinking through the why behind it to me. When you were talking about goals, Jose, you used that term security, and do you think, I guess, when it comes to investors today, is it true that most are concerned about the return of their money, their principal versus the rate of return today? I think, yeah, everybody just wants to keep what they got, that's for sure. But security does mean different things to different people. I've seen a lot of plans that 
people take too much risk and they're there. They don't even know it. So I think it's our job to calculate what the rate of return that they really need to have to never run out of money or what they need to save or earn more or whatever the case may be to achieve their goals. You just find a lot of plans that... See, most consumers have a hodgepodge full of stuff that they've accumulated over the years and they end up with a mind-blowing number of relationships advising them. And the problem is that none of those relationships ever talk to each other about the client's overall plan. Nothing's clearly organized which means that our prospects are usually paying more than they should because they're having to pay the overhead of eight different professionals instead of one. And to me, the future, that success is going to be those of us that's willing to be our client's trusted advisor. And let me kind of tie that back into the house. you got to have your general contractor and know exactly the house you want. And then it's up to the trusted advisor to pull the players or the team together to build that house. And it's no different than building your plan. Hey, thanks for sharing your passion for possibilities with us today. And I just have to mention a quote that is relative to the book, just especially since we're coming off the Summer Olympics. And Ruben Gonzalez, which is an Olympian, author of The Courage to Succeed, had mentioned about your book, this is another gem from Jose, his ability to inspire is part of the reason I'm now tackling my fourth Olympics. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, can I share that with you real quick? You bet. Uh, matter of fact, that was a quote in 2009. And he said, Jose, after reading the two-hour house book and then the Passion for Possibilities, he said, I'm going to go for my fourth Winter Olympics. And he said he looked it up. When we met in California, he flew back to Houston. I came back to Tyler, Texas. He said, Jose, I got my impossible. I said, what's that? He said, well, I looked it up. There's no Olympian, Winter Olympian, ever been in four decades of Olympics. So I was flattered. And he had his first trial run at Deluge in Calgary. And my wife and I flew up there and met some friends, watched him, and I was just hoping he'd make it. And <laughs> he ended up making 39th out of 40 top in the world. And so they had the Winter Olympics in Vancouver, and we went up there to watch him. Pretty amazing. They asked him on an interview in Houston. They said, Ruben, you going to have a medal? And he goes, you know what? I may not get a medal, but I may make front page of AARP. <laughs> so he's 47 years old. He did it, made his fourth Olympics, and it's amazing what can be done. Absolutely. Let's make sure that people who are listening today take Jose's inspiration, motivate you to sit down with your team of professionals, and make sure that you reach those goals that you have set and get it down on paper and make sure that you surround yourself with a team that'll get you there. Jose, great message today. We obviously look forward to you inspiring us in the future. You betcha. Thank you, and looking forward to seeing you guys soon. Thanks for joining us this week, and tune in again next week as we explore another phase of the real wealth process. And remember, if anything you heard in today's show you'd like to get more information about, contact your real wealth advisor. Also, if you feel that any of this information will be helpful to a friend or family member, just click the Forward to a Friend button. This copyrighted program and its contents is given with the understanding that neither the hosts, guests, nor station render legal, medical, accounting, tax, or other professional advice. The information and opinions expressed here are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendation for any individual situation or security. For specific assistance, you should seek the services of a competent professional. To learn about a specific investment option, ask your Real Wealth Advisor for a prospectus. Please read the prospectus carefully about the fees, expenses, and risks before investing. Real Wealth Advisors offer security and investment advisory services through Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC, and Registered Investment Advisor, P.O. Box 64284, St. Paul, Minnesota, 55164. Real Wealth Advisors and Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated are not affiliated entities. This is Real Wealth Weekly on the Real Wealth Advisor Network. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's podcast from Prism Insurance Agency. We've got additional information and links in our show notes which you can click on to learn more. 
If you have any questions about any of the topics covered or would like to learn more, you can go to our website, www.myprisminsurance.com. You can reach out to us on Facebook or LinkedIn or Twitter. Call us at 951-243-2800 or email me directly at prob at myprisminsurance.com. The email is in the show notes as well. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in and have a wonderful week.